the Manuscript Academy podcast, episode 015, a conversation with Katie Flum. Julie Kingsley. And I'm Jessica Sinsheimer. Welcome, Katie. Thank you. I'm super excited to talk to you. So first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you represent, and your life as an agent. Okay, so I'm at Liza Dawson Associates. I am both the assistant and an agent. I represent a really wide variety. Our agency has several generalists, and I think we represent everything except for picture books. Right now, I'm specializing in young adult uh, across all genres. And then I also do middle grade, everything from fantasy, historical fiction, science fiction, contemporary, and some adult. I really love women's fiction, select mysteries and thrillers. And I do this crossover space for science fiction and fantasy as well. So the kinds of things like Red Rising or Nevernight by Jay Kristoff. So those books that are usually published as adult but have that strong YA hook too. And theoretically, I do romance, but I haven't found the right project yet. Just waiting for the one? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to find in romance. Everyone jokes that it's all the same, but it's so different. It's so different and it's so hard to find like that exact right fit. Definitely. So in your huge, I'm sure, amounts of spare time, what do you do? (laughs) A lot of everything. I'm obsessed with TV and movies, theater. I play board games all the time, whenever I can, video games. um, And I also love music, everything from pop, rock, musicals, heavy metal, all of it. That's right. You're going oh. to a concert pretty soon, aren't you? Yes, I'm flying across the country to see uh, my favorite metal band, Bring Me the Horizon. So I'm super excited for that. That is awesome. <laughs> you didn't expect so she's that, did you? Middle, she's looking for middle grade and heavy metal romance. Hey, <laughs> I do have a heavy metal YA that I'm going out with uh, later this year. Nice. Awesome. So yeah. fun. So how did you get started? So I actually went to Hofstra University. And Hofstra, I didn't know when I started, but they have a concentration in publishing studies in their undergraduate program. Cool. I had wanted to be a teacher. Then I worked with kids for a summer and realized I did (laughs) not want to be a teacher. (laughs) And I had a new roommate. And the first night after classes, she was writing a paper on what books mean to me. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm a publishing major. I'm like, you're a what? And I switched majors the very next day. Cool. So it was undergrad program, you know, private school, but gives lots of scholarships. So it was really great. Every single professor worked in publishing. So all of our classes were at night, but that was fine. (laughs) Um, You know, marketing, editing, learning about children's books. So it really gave me a leg up when I went to get internships. So I interned at Hachette at the digital media. Um, so I got to kind of do ebooks when they were just coming up and they were just becoming big. And after I graduated, I interned at Writer's House. That's a really so cool program. I didn't know that was there. Most people don't. <laughs> I'm trying to spread the word, but failing apparently because most people when I say, oh, yeah, I actually undergrad. They're just like, oh, what? Uh, Emerson also has a publishing undergrad program, so people can think of that too. I love how it wasn't like you always knew, but you were just sitting there. You're like, yes, and that changed your trajectory towards something totally amazing. 
Yeah, I mean, I do like to joke that I've kind of always wanted to do it because I had to do an independent study project in fourth grade and I did a big thing on how a book gets published. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, back then I was in Ohio and it wasn't something that anyone I knew could do. So it was with those people. So I kind of just never thought of it. And did you come here for college and then stay? I did. Um, I originally went to American University in D.C. to work in politics and then couldn't stand that either. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to go to a school near New York, but not in New York, because if I was in New York, I would never go to class. (laughs) (laughs) What would you do instead? Uh, Theater, parks, bookstores, libraries. You name it, I would have not been in class. And I love class in school. <sighs> so that's really saying something. Oh, <laughs> that's true. We have a lot of all of those things in New York. Oh, yeah. I love it. So what's, what's something you've changed your mind about in your time in the industry? There's a couple of things. The first is what side of publishing I want to go in. Part of the great thing about the program was we were learning about a different thing each week in the intro course. So every week I wanted to do whatever job we were doing for the Mm -hmm. week. But I kind of decided on the editorial side because we didn't talk about agenting. Mm -hmm. And then once I interned at Writer's House, I was like, oh, my gosh, you get to work with writers directly you get to kind of combine all of the knowledge of marketing and publicity into agenting. So I definitely changed my mind with that. And I'm constantly changing my mind on what genres I want to work with. Sometimes I just read something that's published. I'm like, oh, I actually do understand this genre. Or I used to look for memoirs, but I realized that it's just not, I'm not the best person at being able to judge them. And there are other people at my agency that do it better than I do. So I just refer things to them now. So Katie, what's something you wish writers knew about things on our side of the desk? That's tough because I wish they knew all of it, but there's a couple things in particular. The first is that we are not evil monsters who live to crush their dreams. (laughs) Has anyone (laughs) accused you of that? I've seen it on the internet. I have like Wait, about yourself like Katie crushed me you know she crushed my dreams um, I've seen it about I've seen comments like specifically about how my form rejection which is very nice <laughs> but how it just it doesn't help them all of that oh. kind of stuff just all these assumptions that it's easy to pass on things which it's really not like we're looking for the things we love I hate having to reject 99.9% of writers. And it's really hard, especially after I've read partials or even when I get through the whole thing and I end up passing. That for me is always the hardest because I know they've gotten their hopes up. If I finish the whole thing, there was something I really liked about it. And I just hate that feeling of breaking their hearts. The other thing I wish they understood is how big of a percentage of this job we're doing for free. We don't get paid to read queries. We don't get paid to read partials or fulls. If we end up getting the client, we get the percentage. But there's a lot of work we're doing where we aren't getting paid and we love it. And that's like why I do it. I love it and I love working with writers. But a lot of those kinds of comments about the form rejections, all of that, That's why a lot of agents get so bothered by it, because this is all work we're doing without any promise of payment. 
Yeah, so much is done on hope in this industry, on both sides. I mean, it's it's a hope economy, and it always feels like (laughs) the pie is shrinking. It really does. I mean, and that feeling you get when you pick something up is great. I got to announce a new client the day we're recording this, and I kind of high on that all day. And that's the best feeling, and that's why we do it, is for those people that we find that we just cannot get over I mean I had dreams about her characters that's cool yeah so you know those feelings are why it's totally worth it I think but it doesn't happen a lot I think people might not realize how intense it is on the agent side too you know it's kind of like people are like writers are creatives they feel lots of things agents are business people they wear suits and pound fists (laughs) (laughs) yeah I definitely get all the feelings (laughs) Yeah, they're all really intense, and it's so hard because there's so little you can control, but you care so much. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely, the caring so much can make it really, really hard. But it'd be impossible if we didn't care so much. It would be, it would be. I don't get when people are just like, oh yeah, you know, I got to pass on something, or they went with another agent, it's fine. Like, no, if I've offered and they go with somebody else, which happens, and it's a perfectly great business decision for them, but I'm devastated. Oh, yeah. I cry. I'm not gonna lie. It's, it happens. And then there's always that one that got away. Yeah. (laughs) But this is why these conversations that we're having here at the Manuscript Academy are so important, because I mean, I didn't know what you guys went through as a writer. And I, my, I don't think my, my writing friends didn't know, you know. And so I'm hoping that through this, we all can be a little kinder <laughs> to each other. That would be great. No, no naughty things on the Internet, you know. Oh, man. It's not good. Yeah. Not the, good, people. Don't do it. The agents who have the Google alerts for their name, how do they manage that stress? Oh, no, Never. <laughs> And that's the worst. Like, friends will sometimes be like, friends who are writers will sometimes be like, so, I went on Absolute Right and I read about you and I'm like, oh, no, don't tell me. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. So, I can't resist looking at Query Tracker, which is probably a mistake, but sometimes people are really, really nice on there. So, like, if I ever see something mean, I know where to scroll to get to, like, a person who was, who I passed on who said the nicest thing ever. So I'll just be like, okay, I'll remember you. I get really nice, like, thank you for your rejection notes sometimes. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) that's lovely. I know you're not, like, technically, air quotes, supposed to do that, but I I like that. (laughs) So, Katie, you talked a little little bit about, you know, the draw of New York City. And how you couldn't go there when you were younger for fear of falling into the abyss of fun. So what's one of your earliest memories of those first days of interning that, that, you know, that you really can, you know, that one kind of image or memory that you really love? Well, so there's this musical called If Then that has a song in it called The Map of New York. (laughs) And it's all about how every New Yorker has a map of New York in their head that Mm -hmm. starts with the first place they landed, like where that first job was, all the important parts of how you could basically take someone on the tour of your New York. Mm. So the day that I walked into the building that Hachette used to be in, they've moved since, but that was where my first internship was. And, like, seeing the wall of books 
Mm. And going, you know, going into the intern conference room and having the CEO just walk in to introduce himself. Wow. Like, that was a moment that I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm here. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Like, this is real. Do you remember what you wore that, your first day? Um, I'm sure I wore my black suit. And it was funny. Everyone wore a suit the first day. And the day we had breakfast with the CEO and the rest of the days it was business casual. But I still have the shirt that <laughs> goes with that suit because it's like my favorite button up shirt. Yeah, you don't see a lot of suits in publishing. No, it's wonderful. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things about the job. <laughs> <laughs> and, and some people wear heels every day. Not very many. I don't think I could do that very well. No. I don't get along with heels. I'm glad that sensible flats are approved, even when you have like a fancy editor lunch. Yes. <laughs> so if you were a writer starting from scratch, what advice would you give them? Well, the first thing is if you have an idea, make sure you read that genre a lot and you know what that genre is because so much of the time, you can just tell automatically they, you know, decide to write a YA fantasy, but they've never read anything other than, you know, the biggest thing. So Sarah J. Maas maybe is the only thing they've read. And the also the other one I would say is find a way to try to find your people. Um, thanks to the internet, it's a lot easier now. There's so many great places. Even just on Twitter, you can try to make friends. There's message boards. Um, you know, if you're specific to YA, there's this great subreddit called YA Writers that uh, I actually have found clients on, but they're just super nice and supportive groups. There's people who put together groups of people. There's just so many resources now that finding people who you can talk to and finding critique partners is just so important. Uh, not just because they can help you with your actual writing, but they can help you stay motivated. So many new writers feel like they can never finish or that what they're doing just isn't good enough. So if you can find those people who will encourage you, uh, that'll make you a better writer too. I so agree. I love my writing posse. <laughs> you know, they are sick, twisted women. <laughs> Amazing. Are, are they this the ones who were dropping the erotica off on everyone's doorstep in a paper bag? That was my book club. Oh, sorry. Uh, the readers, not the readers. <laughs> the readers. No, no, I do. I think it's I think it's one of those things that you rise up to the people around you and they support you in a way that other people can't in the process. Yeah. And they can also give you better feedback if they're not necessarily your real life friends right. because they're not af as afraid to um, like, they'll be nice, but they'll point out when you do something that's not as great where I know a lot of people, their actual friends will just say everything's fine. <laughs> and I think you learn more from not only getting your work critique, but critiquing others than you can in almost any other way. I agree. So this is a hard question. It's probably the toughest one we have. <laughs> so oh, no. if you were a superhero, what powers would you have? That's actually really easy for me. Really? Because for me. I, still, I don't have my answer. I 
cannot drive because of my vision. So I would teleport. That's a good one. I live like I commute two hours each way every day. Dedication. To work. Yes. So if I could just teleport from my house to my office, and even if those were the only places I could teleport, that would be my superpower. I just think of all the reading I could get done. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and think of all the food you could have, too. You could pop over to Paris for lunch. Exactly. Sounds delicious. I would would take advantage of it so, so often. (laughs) (laughs) Where else would you go? I would go to Australia. I'm obsessed with Australia. So any Australian writers know that gives you one up. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely Paris for the food. Honestly, I'd go anywhere. I'd go Scotland. I got to go there with a choir. I've been to Hawaii with a choir. I would just randomly pop over there. It would be great. There would be like a really bad day and you just go wherever you want. And then if anything went badly, you could just be like, Peace out. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there can't be any like weird rules like you have to wait 24 hours before you teleport back or no and rules. And your clothes like... would come with you, your food would come with you. Exactly. Especially <laughs> the clothes. Yeah, that's it's... important. Like I'm picturing it's like Star Trek. Yeah, not like the, um, what, was that Willy Wonka when they like shrunk everybody into a candy or something and it went horribly wrong? Yeah, it's Mike TV, that. Jessica, Mike TV. Uh... <laughs> I need to watch more TV. <laughs> no. <laughs> my TV. That was my favorite book as a kid. Definitely Absolutely. one of my favorites, too. Absolutely. And Matilda, I love. Oh, I love Matilda, too. When she got her superpowers, I remember my fifth grade teacher reading to us, and we were all sitting on the carpet, and I had one of those stretchy erasers that was like um, clay. Do you remember those? Oh, yeah. Those oh, were yeah. the best. And so I was stretching it, and she was talking about Matilda getting superpowers, and I was like, yes! Oh. <laughs> so what's your number one tip for writers? Oh, wow. That's hard. Everything. I guess it's keep writing, because it's so easy to give up. It is such... Writing is such a hard thing to do, and... Trying to get published is such a hard thing to do. So much of it comes down to timing and luck and a million things you can't control. But if you can just keep writing and keep loving it, then I think you're going to be okay. Especially if you're one of those people that you have to write. Those are the people who I really want to just say, even when you're discouraged, just keep writing. It'll happen. You'll work really hard and... You'll get so much out of it. And what's something that's not nearly as hopeless as writers think it is? I would say talking to agents. I know so many of the times when I have the call that's every writer's dream from an agent, they are terrified. And they put us on kind of this pedestal sometimes. Yeah. Which I know a lot of us try to break by being very honest on Twitter. But they still do, and they get scared and nervous. But we need writers just as much as they need us. Without writers, we have no job. And we love writers. You don't do this job if you don't love writers and love books and want to work with them. Agents are people, too. (laughs) We aren't people to be scared of. And if we're talking to you, like, it's exciting. You don't have to be terrified of us. It is, it is strange 
I mean, I know, Julie, you say we're terrifying, but it's it's kind um, of concerning. Yes. It's concerning no, to me joking. when people are scared. You know, like I get worried if people are either like, you know, kind of shaking and nervous or if, you know, lately I've had people, I almost feel like people feel like they have to throw a whole bunch of compliments in agents' directions too. And I just want to be like, you have no idea all the dumb, awkward things I've done today. (laughs) I'm like the biggest nerd and geek I know. (laughs) So like, don't be nervous about me. I'm a weird little nerd who has never gotten over getting picked last in gym class. Does anyone get over that though? I hear that some people do. I don't know. I still have dreams in high school. That's no good. I was a big girl. I was always picked first. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to be the big girl. Oh no, you look like a runway model. Things must have been so hard. (laughs) No, I had long legs. Oh no. (laughs) Katie, this was such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. This was fun. It's so fun. I love talking about agenting and books and everything that goes with it. If you've enjoyed what you've listened to, you can do two things for us here at the Manuscript Academy. One, you could hit that subscribe button so our podcast get delivered directly to your phone. Or you could give us a review and let us know what you think. And then check us out on manuscriptacademy.com.